0: You're listening to hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. And if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, just go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram. I hope you are enjoying your week. I hope you had a lovely Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and are getting ready to ring in the new year. I hope you have a hot man or a hot lady or just like a hot little hunk of hunk of burning love that you're going to be kissing at midnight this weekend. Um, I probably am not going to have anybody that I'm kissing at midnight, but I'm going to have a good time. We're going to ring in the new year. What an awesome year it's been. Um, Yeah, it's just it's been it's been a year a good year, a sad year, a tough year, a, you know, year of love and heartbreak and, you know, all the things. But I hope you guys are taking this time to have a pause and relish on all the good that has come into your life this year, as well as the challenges that have come into your life because they've gotten you to this point. I know a lot of you have reached out. We've we've talked about, you know, some of the things that we've gone through this year in the DMs. And my heart goes out to everybody. And I hope you have a wonderful and happy, healthy New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, and happy, healthy 2022. We're going to be killing it in 2022. Let's get it, get it, get it. And I'll throw them hips, girl. Boom, 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 boom. I hope you are sipping on some fizzy Housewives-inspired rosé for yourself, packing a punch at 14% alcohol by volume with less than a gram of sugar. It is my Housewives of Watching Wine. It is a, crispy, a crisp, lightly fizzy rosé. It's delicious. You're gonna want to stock up. I hope you have some, and you ring in the new year feeling like the champs. If you don't want to do champagne, you can definitely do some no filter rosé. And you can get it at nofilterwine.com. Inspired by some of our favorite, and most iconic housewife moments, like "I'm ready to mention it all." Now tell me who gonna check me, boo? I stole Kim's goddamn house, and I'm ready to flip a table. Inspired by Jersey. New York, Atlanta, and Beverly Hills. Stock up at nofilterwine.com. nofilterwine.com. All right, we have a lot to break down this week. Um, But for starters... We Book Club is, is happening this week, so get ready. We're reading chapters 7, 8, and 9 of Lala Ken's book, Give Them Lala. It is our third week of Book Club, and I believe next week is actually going to be our last week because we're doing three chapters a week, and we're already reaching the end of the book. So if you haven't done so yet, grab a copy of Lala Ken's book, give them Lala right now, and be sure to consume chapters 7, 8, and 9. That way we can break it down this Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Pacific, 9.30 Eastern. Also, I am back on Jacques P. Peterson's podcast, Unpopular, and we're breaking down Real Housewives of Miami. We're talking about Dallas, you know, the Cameron Westcott and and Tiffany Moon stuff that's happened over the last week or two, talking all about it on his podcast, Unpopular, and also we did a, a special bonus episode for his Patreon, all about Real Housewives of Orange County, which I will also be breaking down here today. Okay, we're going to be talking about OC with Noella and James. We're going to be talking about New Jersey with Dolores and her new man. And then we're also going to be talking about Megan King, who is now splitting from uh, her hubby, Joe Biden's Joe Biden's um, nephew. What do you want to say to Joe Biden? Hey, take me out to dinner, baby. Isn't that a TikTok? I, I don't know. I see people doing that on the TikTok. Whatever. Okay, let's dive into it. Real Housewives of Orange County's beef between Noella, the housewife, and her husband, now ex husband, Sweet James, because things are getting salty. So, Sweet James, I guess that's his name, and like, the, the legal law world. Sweet James. I think that's like his his law firm. Whatever. Sweet James took to Instagram to address claims that his ex-wife noella made about him on the show this season. She's now clapped back in her own post on Instagram. He claims that she is fame hungry and was desperate to get on Real Housewives of Orange County and basically abandon their marriage for the show. She claims that he wanted her to do the show to promote his law firm. He's... Seemingly like an ambulance chaser. And so it wouldn't be surprising if that was, you know, if he was encouraging her to do the show to promote his business, he wouldn't be the first house husband to do that. He now lives in Puerto Rico without her. They, uh, uh, I believe it's the home that they own together that he's currently living in. She claims that he's not paying for rent on their Newport home and that he's not providing any support for her son, James Jr., who has autism. He claims that's not true. That the Newport home was only meant to be a temporary residence, primarily for the show, and that he would never abandon his son. She says that he cut off all of their credit cards and that he's providing them. Uh, that he's only providing them through an Instacart account and an Amazon account, which she says is how they've been living. That I guess that's how she's buying essentials is through Amazon and getting groceries through Instacart and food through Instacart. But that they're in fear of eviction every day and he's left them high and dry she has no money and she says that he cleared um her savings i don't know if that's true but that's what she's claiming that he cleared her savings and that he cut all the credit cards so all she has are you know access to these accounts and that's how she's providing for their son their divorce was granted this month, earlier this month in Puerto Rico. So they now are officially divorced. We know from what we saw on the show, he served her with divorce papers from Puerto Rico. The divorce papers came, they were in Spanish. So he claims that she's the one who initially filed for a legal separation before he even filed for divorce, that she was talking to a lawyer trying to, you know, find out what her. Like options were in terms of leaving him, she says that that's not true. That she merely sought legal counsel to help her better understand his tax issues, which are which were now seen brought up on Real Housewives of Orange County. She also says that he was paying for the retainer of the attorney that she was speaking to, which she claims was primarily just to help her understand the situation with his taxes, which I believe is a 5.6 million tax lien based off of tax. Taxes that he didn't pay, or there was an issue with his taxes, and he owes that money to the IRS. Now, it's a messy game of back and forth. He said, she said, now there's this Reddit timeline timeline that's come out, and it's been circulating online that somebody put together. I'm not entirely sure who put, to, put this together. Um, so if you do or you are able to track that down. I wasn't able to. I've just seen the reposting of the timeline on social media. So I apologize for not giving credit to whoever put this timeline together. But it did start on Reddit, and now it's circulating on Instagram and Facebook. So apparently, um, while James was still married to his ex-wife, Amy, he started seeing Noella. They were dating and possibly married sometime in 2018. He didn't, however, file for divorce from Amy until September of 2018. I believe they had, some people are saying it was like a fake wedding. I don't know what the wedding actually was. I know that there was a ceremony. I assumed that it was some sort of like, it was a wedding, but it was more of like a, a commitment ceremony versus like an official wedding because he couldn't officially marry her because he was still legally married to amy but he filed for divorce from amy in september of 2018 he was allegedly having an affair with noella for about three years prior to them becoming officially married again but they weren't officially married i don't know it's weird it's weird but they were dating on and off while he was married to amy Unsure if he and Amy were still together or they were separated or they were legally separated or they had an open arrangement unclear what the status of his relationship with Amy was while he was dating and seeing Noella because obviously like how are you going to be having an affair with somebody that you then marry and then take on this like extravagant honeymoon because they like went on this like multi-country tour which was their honeymoon which they posted about so I would imagine like his relationship with Amy must have been done why it took him so long to file for divorce from Amy and why he did that after marrying and I say that with air quotes marrying Noella I don't know. It's weird. The timeline of it is very strange, but it seems like him and Amy weren't actually together and he was seeing Noella. I, maybe it was, it's possible that they had some sort of open arrangement. Maybe he was allowed to see other women. Maybe things with Noella progressed more than expected and eventually he decided to leave Amy for Noella. But then why marry her and why make it public? Like, again, weird, strange. I don't know. I don't know what the status of his relationship with either woman was, but Amy uh, Amy exits the picture. Noella is now in the picture. They have a son together, James Jr. They had their son via surrogate in 2019. He's the son that we now see on the show who has autism. They were living together in Puerto Rico in 2020 and then got legally married that summer. So I'm not sure like what their last marriage was supposed to To be again, I think maybe it was some sort of like commitment ceremony. Um, But they bought a home together in Puerto Rico at the end of 2020, just a few months before she moved to Newport and began renting a house there, which is where she was, which is when she was officially cast on Real Housewives of Orange County. We know that she was friends with Bronwyn. She made a brief little cameo with Bronwyn, uh, I believe last season or possibly the season prior. I don't remember which season it was, but she did make a cameo on the show. Filming, she was cast on, she was officially cast on the show. Bronwyn was fired from the show. Their friendship falls apart. Filming begins. We see now, in what we're seeing on the show, we see that he's filed for divorce. His tax issues have, be- have now broken in the press and have become news. And now here we are in this whole messy sort of situation. From what it looks like. It seems like she was gunning for a spot on Real Housewives of Orange County and moved to Newport so that she can hold an orange and probably used Bronwyn to make connections with production, to forge friendships with the other women and get a spot on the show. It looks like she was gunning for an orange. Um, I'm sure he was also supporting that. He, based off of his reputation, I would assume he would think that like this would be a great opportunity for his business. But once the $5.6 million tax lien became public and things started to get messy in the press, I think that's when he was like, hold up, wait a minute, let me back out of this. There's too much heat on us. I don't want to do this anymore. This isn't worth it because now I'm you know, legally with the IRS. Like, it's, it's becoming a big, giant mess. She talks about on the show, we're seeing her talking about wanting to sell the Puerto Rico home because she's like, oh, well, that would pay off the debt and we would be good. But it now seems like he wanted to keep the house in order to be a resident of Puerto Rico to avoid, I would assume, to avoid paying his tax debts in the U.S. Because he would be like, well, I don't owe the money in the U.S. because I'm a resident of Puerto Rico and my home is here in Puerto Rico. Her priority seems to be the show. His priority seems to be, you know, trying to avoid or negotiate some sort of lower payment to the U.S. for his tax debts. So both sides of their stories sound like it seems like it it checks out, you know, him claiming that she was fame hungry and really wanted a spot on the show. That does seem like it, it, it could be very likely she formed a friendship with friendship with Bronwyn as soon as Bronwyn was no longer on the show their friendship ended it seems like they were both pretty salty about that it didn't seem like Noella really needed to continue her friendship with Bronwyn and also I would assume Bronwyn would have been upset because Noella now has her orange that she had on the show and I don't think Bronwyn was expecting to get fired but she ended up piecing out with uh, Elizabeth Vargas and Kelly Dodd So I can see where he's like her. She really wanted to be on the show. They also they'd gotten married. They were in Puerto Rico. They had a family home together. They had a home that they owned in Puerto Rico together that her then moving to Newport, even though she wasn't an official housewife in Orange County, it seemed like she did that solely for the show. So I get where he's coming from, but I also get where she's coming from because I believe that he wanted the exposure that the show was going to give him and then realized, oh shit, this exposure is not good exposure. I need to go into hiding. I need to stay in Puerto Rico. This is going to make more sense for me. So it, I'm sure in her head, she was like, yeah, let's sell the Puerto Rico house, pay off the tax debt, you move here, and then we'll just be one big happy TV family. And he probably has more shady shit and more dealings that he's trying to avoid, and that's why he's trying to stay in Puerto Rico her priority really does seem to kind of beat the show though. Um, it's only getting messier and I would assume we'll only continue to get messier now that I assume that there will be a, child custody dispute since they're in separate countries. I assume she's going to fight him for some sort of like spousal support or alimony. I mean, they've only been married for a year. Um, they've technically been together and were married prior, but that wasn't a legal merit. Like they weren't officially married. So I would imagine she probably wouldn't be able to get much out of him. I don't know if they have a prenup or what that would look like, but I assume she's going to try to fight him for some sort of money and use her child as leverage in that I think he was fully on board with doing the show he wanted to promote his business that he came on him and then he wanted to retreat but at that point you know she wasn't willing to give up her orange I don't think she is willing to give up her orange for the sake of her marriage I think she probably sees this as a great opportunity to build a life for herself independently <sighs> I don't know I, I, I don't even know if she'll be back for another season. It doesn't seem like she has many friends. And from what I've heard, she's really isolated herself from the cast. So who knows if she's even going to get a ses- second season now that this is all kind of broken out. I'm curious, though, as to why Bravo would even hire her to join the show, considering she wasn't an official housewife in Orange County, unless she lied to them and was like, I live here in Orange County, but we also have a house in Puerto Rico without explicitly clarifying that their primary residence was in Puerto Rico. It's not just that they happen to also own a home in Puerto Rico. I think James wanted them to have a life in Puerto Rico and in the U.S. It's just now more convenient for him to be a resident of Puerto Rico. We shall see how this continues to transpire. I'm curious to see what she's going to say at the reunion. But the two of them seem to be going back and forth on social media, both claiming each other's a liar, both kind of, you know, throwing shots at each other, seemingly claiming that each other has a big ego. And, you know, the other person is the reason for the demise of their marriage when it both it seems like they were both just on completely different pages. They were both very selfish. And I don't think either of them really cares to keep the marriage going or have any effort in that marriage. I think they just want to be done. Let's move on to Royal Housewives of New Jersey. Dolores Catania has a new boyfriend. So we know that things with David are finally over, which thank God because he was, like he was not into her. He, I know he probably had a few side chicks on, you know, that weren't Dolores that he would, circulate in between Dolores. And she was okay with whatever lifestyle he was living. She was okay not seeing him. She was okay not having him around so much. And I think that that was bothersome to other people. I'm curious to see how Joe Gorga feels about this, considering he put her relationship in the hot seat last season and they were like fighting about it. But whatever. She has a new boyfriend. His name is Paul. And based off of a new photo that she posted with Paul, people are assuming that they might be engaged Dolores hasn't technically addressed anything other than posting the picture with her new man, but the Marge, on the other hand, went and did an Instagram live with s'more, s'mores, s'more. I I believe it's like a dating site, um, or a dating Instagram. Not entirely sure, entirely sure, but they did a a live the other day with Margaret, and she confirms that she confirms the rumors that. Dolores and David have split, which obviously based off of the new photo. But she says that Dolores is just in a different place in her life and that she seems very happy. She's in the place in her life where she wants to be the priority in her relationship. And, like, good for her. She should be a priority in her relationship because, I mean, why was she not a priority? Like, at that point in your life, you would just think that you would want somebody that you're compatible with, somebody that you love, somebody that gives you attention, You know, you're not really young and living your life and spreading your wings anymore. And she also doesn't have kids that she really has to dedicate her time to anymore. Her kids are grown that I would assume she would want somebody that would want to spend time with her that she could not necessarily retire from. But like her and David were so disconnected, she wasn't even telling him when she was having plastic surgery. It was just very bizarre. So it's good to see that her and Paul seem to be in a good place. Margaret seems to be supportive of the relationship and good for them. In other relationship news, Megan King from the real, formerly of Real Housewives of Orange County has split from Koof Owens, Koof Kufi Koufe, I don't know how to say his name. I'm assuming it's Koof. So Koof Owens, they literally just got married. Like they've only been married for 2 months. But Koof is the nephew of President Biden. And we remember when they got married, that was like a whole thing. They sold their exclusive, their photos. The president was there. Like it was a whole big bang shebang. So she has announced via her Instagram story that she's deeply saddened by how everything has transpired. And she seems pretty shocked about the end of her marriage. No word from him yet, uh, aside from her breaking the news on Instagram, but she seems surprised and says that she's trying to privately grieve with her kids. She says that she's suffering from anxiety and depression and hair loss as a result of the stress of all of this. Strange, weird. Uh, she, The impression I got was that she was blindsided by this, so it seems like he was the one that wanted to end their marriage. Uncertain why. I mean maybe he wanted to promote his business on Real House Wives of Orange County and he's like oh well you're not even on the show anymore i'm going to leave you too just like sweet james jk jk who knows but it, d- it clearly didn't work out maybe he's like you know what you're not you're not biden material you don't fit in with our political family who knows but i mean she's she's great she would be a great nancy drew detective maybe she nancy drew detective did him, and he didn't like that because she dug up some stuff on him that he was not a fan of. Who knows? These are all just theories. I'm just spitting shit out there. I just know it was very strange that they've only been married for literally two years, and yet here we are. On the, not on the verge, but like they're already getting divorced. They've already split up. So lots of breakups happening. Lots of messy relationship news happening. Oi, 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 ve. Mamma mia! Here I go again. My, my. Teddy Mellencamp also did an episode of her podcast with Dave Quinn, who's the author of Not All Diamonds and Rosé. He's a writer for People Magazine. She had him on the podcast, and she was talking about how— well, I guess the reason I bring her up is because she addressed rumors that she was filming for Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She says that she doesn't know if she's going to be on the show because— Now, I know I said that she has been filming for Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She says that she hasn't really been filming for it, but she's been around for filming, which, again, is kind of what I assumed was the case, considering she wasn't in the official announcement. She, I don't think, is going to be welcomed back or embraced as a friend of because she was fired from the show. Nobody, none of the, the viewers liked her. Dave Quinn did add context to her firing saying that basically there are only like three people and they're like the big executives at Bravo that make the final decisions when it comes to hiring and firing, they make all the cast decisions. But Teddy said that she was really shocked that she was even fired because she was really close with production. And she had already had her meeting with production to talk about what things were going to look like for the next season which is very typical and standard before any casting decisions are made. They have like their preliminary meetings with production to like kind of build the storyline. The producers put together the Bible for the show. They then send that up to Bravo. Bravo makes final decisions of what storylines they want to pursue, which cast members they want to keep, you know, in that whole big bang shebang. So she says that she hasn't officially been filming, but based off of like, Photos that I've seen circulate online. She's been around the other women quite a bit. She's been around while the women were filming. So she's been hanging out with them. She says that she was only there when Kyle's store opening happened. And she did some stuff for Access Hollywood. And... They Or maybe it was Extra. I don't know. It was one of those shows. But so she like was a correspondent for them at Kyle's store opening. Obviously, we know she interviewed Dorit, and she interviewed Erica. It was the first time Erica has done a press interview where she talks about the Girardi embezzlement scandal. It's the first interview Dorit had done since her burglary. So... Who knows how much we're going to see of Teddy? I know everyone's up in arms about it. I've been very clear, so don't be coming for me, but I've been very clear that um, the, like, that. There, I don't think that Teddy has an official contract. I think, if anything, she'll be getting some unpaid cameos on the show at best. But I don't think she's going to be part of any of the storylines. I think the executives at Bravo just don't have any interest in keeping her on the show. I don't think any of the fans have any interest in keeping her on the show. Obviously, we know based off of the edit of her last season, she was really upset that she didn't get enough of her like family airtime shown, that it was more of just like her stirring the pot with the Denise and Brandy affair. And just like poking at Denise. So we're probably not going to get much of Teddy. So everyone that's up in arms about Teddy coming back to Real House as a Beverly Hills, we're probably not going to get much of her. But she has been around. Oh my God, do I have a booger? Do I have a booger? No, I don't have a booger. It's just the shining of my nose. Sorry, I was looking at the Zoom camera. And I'm like, oh my God, do I have a booger? Have i had a booger this entire time. And now I'm pointing it out. And the people on the YouTube are going to be like, you had a booger this whole time. What a fun time. What a time to be alive. What else is going on in the world of Housewives, Bravo, reality TV? It's been a fairly tame. I mean, aside from all the real houses of Orange County, messy drama stuff with Noella and Sweet James, it's been fairly tame. So, I know Lala Kent's been doing a couple of interviews. She has her tour that's coming up. She's going to be doing a live tour for her podcast. She was on the Not Skinny, Not Fat podcast, I believe, last week. That was a really good interview. If anyone hasn't tuned into that, I would recommend listening. She seems to really be opening up about the Randall stuff. She says that she's really going to open up about it on her podcast tour, which kicks off next month in January. So we'll see. What Lala has to bring. She's given us all the Lala and she's given us all the advertisements on her Instagram stories. I think this could be a great redemption story for Lala. I know a lot of people hate on her because like, oh, well, how you how you catch them is how you lose them. And you deserve to get cheated on and blah, 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 blah. But I mean, I think, look, she's a single mom. She's trying to hustle. She's doing her damn thing. Let her be. We didn't even have any, like, new episodes of Housewives this week. We didn't have Royal Housewives of Salt Lake City, which the last episode was actually really good, though. When they were at the the pho party that Jenny threw, Mary is batshit crazy. I know a lot of people are, like, upset with Mary, but they're not, like, canceling Mary, considering, like, some of the things that Mary has said, which have been very questionable. Um it's very interesting to kind of see some of the double standards that people have with Housewives and these racism scandals and these, you know, political scandals. Mary doesn't seem entirely genuinely apologetic. I mean, she issued an apology. I, oh, anytime somebody issues an apology, I want to believe it. A lot of the times they are PR stunts, but I don't know. She's said, I know that that's going to be another storyline for mary it looks like mary's really going to go through it between the cult stuff and now you know these uh, statements that she's making that are people are claiming that they're you know racially insensitive um but it does seem like that's going to come to the forefront i know lisa Barla was on watch what happens live and she says that she talks about the the mexican comment that mary made not not this last episode but i think the episode before that Now we see that there's tension between Jenny and Mary based off of her comments about Jenny and her slanted eyes. So we'll see how this continues to play out. I know people were kind of like up in arms about it when it first happened about the comment about the Mexican comment. But it's like you also have to understand like these things play out throughout the show. This wouldn't be aired in the show if it wasn't something that was going to be coming up later on. Like every single they film so much. So every single sentence, every single sound by all of that stuff is very important to whatever the overarching storyline is going to be every season. This season Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is not immune to that. So I I went into that assuming that if they're airing this comment, this is probably something that's going to come up again later on in the season, you know, to make it relevant to something. Lisa Barlow has now confirmed that she addresses that. We see the racial tensions with Jenny and Mary that will also be brought up and brought to the forefront. I'm like, let's see this play out. Let's see this journey unfold. Let's see how Mary continues to move about it going forward. Let's see if she apologizes, how she apologizes, you know, what closure or uh, solution or conclusion we can come to with the other cast members obviously with Jen and with Jenny so we'll see let's let it play out I know people are up in arms it is interesting though because there are a lot of I feel like a lot of double standards with housewives but I always like to be like, let's, you know, watch it kind of play out. I know I've been in a little heat for having Cameron Westcott on the podcast, which I'm going to say this. Like, look, I don't regret having Cameron Westcott on the podcast. Um, I thought we had a very good conversation. Anybody that sat and listened to the full 30-minute interview, I think, took away a lot from that interview. It didn't ultimately change everybody's minds. And it wasn't intended to change anybody's minds. It wasn't intended to rehab Cam's image. The intention of coming into that interview was to have an open, honest dialogue and conversation about everything that went down. Cameron's never addressed it. I was like, you know what, let's have this conversation. You know, that was one big talking point about, you know, all of the racial issues that were brought to the forefront in 2020 is like, we need to have conversations. We need to talk to each other. We need to, you know, learn, try to do better, take accountability. All of that shit, all of those talking points that people hit on last year, where the fuck are all of those now? Because you're going to drag me for having Cameron Westcott on, on my podcast for what? Taking accountability, having ownership apologizing and wanting to move forward from this like I saw that I saw a genuine sincere honest willingness to want to move forward I stand by my decision to have Cameron on the podcast if it changed your mind about her great if it didn't change your mind about her fine I that my intention was not to sway you one way or the other my intention was to open up the conversation have a dialogue and hear from Cameron who's never addressed any of this stuff publicly I was very appreciative of her time and her willingness to come on the show and be open and honest. And you know what? Much love and blessings to her family. Much love and blessings to Tiffany Moon and her family. I think it was horrible what Tiffany had to go through when Cam and Chart jumped into the, the, the whole Twitter feud and the heat. I think Cameron made a lot of you know ignorant comments, but she has taken accountability and ownership for those ignorant comments and is trying to move forward from it. I don't know what the solution is to kind of help everybody move forward. I believe the brother-in-law is also still on Twitter. I don't know. I think somebody sent me like a tweet or something. And if he is, I think we need to take him off Twitter. But like, look, let's move forward. Let's try to take steps. Like everybody deserves an opportunity to make atonement for the mistakes that they've made in their past. I'm not going to apologize for giving somebody the opportunity. I'm not going to apologize for giving somebody grace to be able to pay that atonement and try to move forward. And listen, the show's not on the air anymore. I want us to be able to see these issues and to see these conflicts be resolved and worked through in front of us. You know, um, people were upset about me not having Tiffany moon on the podcast. Invites have gone out to Tiffany moon prior to all of this. Um, And Tiffany Moon's also just been very open and very vocal about her stance and her position on her social media. She's done other interviews. She's released issues, you know, via her lawyer to the press. I know there was a whole, like, thing in in Variety. So, you know, to me, we've heard Tiffany's side of it. I empathize with Tiffany. I was very Team Tiffany when all of this was going down. I was very Team Tiffany after that reunion. Um but at this point, I'm like, okay, but where – like, for me, I'm like, okay, but how How do we move forward? You know, and I don't even know what that would look like for Tiffany. I mean, I guess that's, you know, kind of a good conversation to have. It's like, what does that look like? What does a solution – what does moving forward really look like? You know, I hope that she's able to kind of find healing and resolution through all of this. I think, you know – the comments that were made against her, obviously her job was threatened. And, you know, there were a lot of insensitive comments that were made towards her. And I think that, you know, my heart does go out to Tiffany Moon. And I enjoyed her on the show. I, I thought she was a breath of fresh air. And, you know, again, I hope she can find some sort of healing enclosure. And, I, and I've i said that to her directly after the Cameron Westcott interview came out and she reached out and she, you know, was like. I think was a little disappointed in the fact that I had Kim on the podcast and I was just like, look, the intention was to, you know, hear what Kim had to say. Um, I asked all the questions that people would have wanted to ask. I asked about the tweets. I asked about the whiteface remark. I asked about the reunion. I asked about the Dallas hiatus. Like, and she was willing to answer it all, you know? So... It is what it is. I send love and peace to the West, to uh, to Cam. I send love and peace to Tiffany, and you know we'll see what happens with the Royal Houses of Dallas moving forward. Maybe it'll come back. Maybe it'll be rebooted. Maybe it'll take you know an eight year hiatus like Miami. Miami is actually really good. Um, I would recommend listening to the the episode I did with Jacques on his podcast Unpopular because we dive into Miami and Martina, who is the wife. Um, who's one of the the housewives on the show this season um, and like her background, juicy, scandalous, um, you know, murder, cover up, conspiracies, all of that stuff. And we break it all down. Jacques breaks it all down and I provide my amazing commentary. So I know you love when Jacques and I get together. You know, we're just like the the Kelly Dodd and Brandy Glanville of the podcast world. Um, but thank you, guys. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. I'm sending nothing but love and abundance and and good shit all your way to close out this year and to go into this new year. Look, everybody's trying. We're trying to be better. All we can do is continue to put one foot in front of the other and keep trying to kill it and do the best that we can do every day. So love you guys i hope to catch you this week in book club tuesday 6:30 p.m pacific 9:30 eastern we will also be going live this thursday for our regular thirsty thursday live on instagram at no filter with zach so stay tuned for that i'm also going to be doing an end of year recap of the biggest juiciest headlines which i've done every year um i normally do it with eric and megan from bravo's daily dish podcast but I don't think they're going to do it this year. I've, I've reached out to them, but I, <laughs> I don't think they're interested. But, you know, I will ha- I will be doing the breakdown with some surprise friends that will be joining the podcast. So stay tuned. That'll be fun. Uh, but, yeah, you'll definitely hear from me before we ring in the new year. But until then... I can't wait to chat live with you guys. Give me a follow at Just Plain Zach if you want to keep up with me. Follow the show at No Filter with Zach. If you're listening to this on iTunes, please leave me a five-star review because I love that validation. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and get ready. More tea is coming. And if you haven't done so yet, go stock up on your housewives watching wine at nofilterwine.com. All right, love you, mean it. Bye.